Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Uh, would you like an official start? Yeah, go on, Mike. Hello! <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, hello is a good start. It's the Apollo Audio Podcast. So we, here we are again, uh, joining me again in the studio at Apollo Audio in Hartford. Uh, Billy Hill's owner par excellence. Also, what would you call yourself? Musician? Yeah, all of them. Uh, tutor, <laughs> guitarist, bass yeah. player, Mr. songwriter. Genius. Genius. <laughs> Uh, and Miles uh, Can all I write of, my own review as well? All of those things as well, yeah please do Just uh, basically those and a bit more actually Tell us, <laughs> tell us about yourselves And uh, and me, Martin Lumsden Me, me Martin Me, Martin? That sounded, <laughs> weird. Martin. That sounded, that sounded weird when I said it uh, I was thinking if this was Star Wars I'd be Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, Billy's obviously Luke Skywalker which must make you Darth Vader? Han Solo? <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah. take Han Solo. No, yeah. I am your father. Yeah. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, I was thinking Han Solo. I mean, anyway, if the beard keeps growing, maybe Chewbacca. But I was thinking, yeah, I was, I was thinking more Han Solo. Yeah. Um, so here we are in the Millennium Falcon. Um, so we are here uh, again to talk about uh, music, basically, with the excuse of talking about uh, albums from the Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones from the Rolling Stone. Best Albums of All Time 500 um, list, uh, which was published in 2020, about a year or so ago. Uh, 500 albums selected by... We were talking about this last time, weren't we? Who actually made this list? A bunch of artists and critics, including people like Billie Eilish was on that um, thing. Really? Is she in the list? Uh, that's a good question. I don't Why think. So. I don't think so. Maybe maybe around the table. Maybe there. I mean, surely not. Shall I go, shall I go first or yeah, second? Yeah. Surely <laughs> not, because at that point her album's only been out for about six months, hasn't it? So yeah. you'd like to think uh, it needed a little bit more time. Mm. Uh, but that's our sort of excuse to talk about things that we may talk about all sorts of things. But that's the excuse. So two albums again this week. We had number four hundred was it four hundred sixty one. I think I just said yeah, that a minute ago. Number 461 on the list, which was uh, Bon Iver for Emma forever ago. And number 80 on the list, which is the Sex Pistols. Never mind the bollocks. Here's the Sex Pistols. Oh, sorry about that. Cracky fingers. <laughs> um, so uh, quite uh, different. Which one should we start with, boys? Should Bon Iver first? Should we go yeah. high to low? Bon I- yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. a good idea. Let's start. Let's start at the bottom of the list. Uh, so Bon Iver forever, uh, for Emma forever ago. So I've uh, since we did this, like we did our first one last week, and I've thought we need we need we need more structure to this, just so we've got sort of a common question every time. So, question for both of you: first off, is had you heard anything by Bon Iver before? I the only thing I saw, and I think you might have shown me actually, was um, "Skinny Love" on Jules Holland. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, the live version of it, it was amazing, really, really good, and that's on the album as well. That's all I knew about him. Yes, I, I I wasn't. I wouldn't say I was a mad fan, but I was very aware. What's weird because if I'm honest, I'm, 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 I always thought Bon Iver was the main guy. Yeah, that it's actually if you what's his it, name? It, it's actually the <laughs> bon, Hi, bon. How are you? Bon, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Bon Iver's the, the band. Yeah, but I always assumed it because it's so heavily. I've yeah. forgotten his name around the main guy, Justin with, Vernon. Justin. Yeah, um, I didn't know that. And then when I say yeah. I thought, all these years, <laughs> I thought that, but I put it this way: I had three songs on my 
you know, or my iTunes, as it were, back in the day, I had three brand uh-huh. iTunes. So that was the extent of my, how much I okay. liked. So enough that yeah. you've kind of got stuff that you've gone back to. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, and I really liked the album. It was, yeah, I thought it was, I liked this album a lot. I think it's quite... So that was going to be my second question. Oh, had, you, had you heard this album before? Had you listened to it before? Yeah, because I think this was his... Well, this was... His debut, isn't it? It was his debut, mm. their debut. But but to give it a bit of context was... Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but he he was like a musician slash recording engineer slash kind of like what we do. Been in bands. Been in bands. And he was helping other bands record music. Yeah. And then... Um, he went into a period of isolation with uh, SM57, which Martin loves dearly. Sleeps with one at night, I hear. Um, and well, that's nice to have something. <laughs> nice to have something firm in your hand when you go to bed at night. Is that? Is that? Yeah. Um, might get bleeped out of the version. Yeah. Oh, that's, oh, that's the level. Where, okay, okay, we found the level. But um, as Martin will know more than anyone, uh, SM57 is the renowned go-to microphone to do everything, basically. And he took that you into... You can only a... have one. Mm. Yes. Have an SM57. Exactly, there you go. So he took that, a guitar, into isolation in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. His dad's cabin. That apparently. was it, yeah. yeah. And recorded these songs to be potentially demos to send to labels to maybe cut with other artists or whatever. And then just the feedback amongst friends were, wow, these are really good. And... It was like, okay, fine, I'll get them all re-recorded and go to, you know, a studio and do it. And everyone's like, no, no, the raw organicness of mm. you doing it there, that's the album. Mm. And then we know what happens next. I think, I think, a, I've forgotten their name, but a big blog in America picked it up, yep. ran ran the things, and his manager quoted on uh, Wikipedia, I read this, um, that it's ever since... Best, the, best research ever. It is. Wikipedia. <laughs> ever since they picked it up, ever since that blog picked it up, it was just a snowball after that, and then they signed it record deal and then they had a few more massive albums after that but sorry i'm wrapping up quickly but i think for me there's no rush mate mm. podcast sorry but i'm talking a lot but he's there i would say still, you're giving us good context i'm loving it okay fine. also proving I, you've done some research yeah. there's even more i think skinny love is still if you were to ask a hundred people in the street what's bon Iver's biggest song is it's still skinny love and so obviously yeah so for that this album's pretty important i think that was the song that really took him into well took him into stardom really yeah yeah it's definitely a familiar one had you heard it before billy no i thought it was a lovely listen i did enjoy it yeah um i'd like i'd like there to be a bit more i was chatting about saying a bit yeah. more like contrasting tracks it does yeah. does flow nicely but it's a bit backgroundy music for me like yeah. skinny love is a great track there's two or three of them that definitely like add to my playlist listen again yeah but um no, a little bit samey in some parts, but I do like the fact. Like, I didn't realise that when you were calling these dads. Yeah, it's got that like raw vibe. It's um, it's, got... it's interesting because that that sort of that background story yeah. that kind of I, I think I was I was reading the same probably the same sort of stuff <laughs> as you, yeah, you were, yeah, and I was yeah, kind of yeah. going a little bit deeper. And this kind of the, this this sort of uh, contextual thing, or the what do you call it, the the history that goes with this album. Oh, he went into the woods and he was hunting his own food and all that bit, and living in a cabin for three months, getting over the breakup with a girlfriend and. His uh, life was falling apart because the bands hadn't worked out, and he was like, "I just need... and he was ill, wasn't he? He had a, he had a yeah. uh, liver yeah. infection, I think. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Um, so it was all sort of supposedly recovering um, from all of that, and then you'll read other stuff. Well, like the thing he said, "Oh, I just went with an SM57 and the guitar." Yeah. And then you'll read other stuff. Was like, "No, I had a laptop and Pro Tools." And, <laughs> well, there is that. Uh, I think, and yeah. I went with a bunch of mics, and it was like, "Okay, there is that." Well, which one of these is yeah. true? And the cabin. 
it's not quite the sort of romanticized sort of cabin in the woods type in thing. The snow, it, was, yeah. it was his dad's cabin. Right. He just installed heating and plumbing. And his dad <laughs> used to come every 10 days and bring him eggs and meat and food. Yeah. And all Let's that face stuff. it, he was in Barbados. It's got that sort of, like I said, that sort of romanticized. So I just locked Definitely. myself away for three months and, yeah. and didn't see anyone. It wasn't it quite, makes it sound cool, it wasn't quite it? Yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, I found that um, quite interesting. Um, that, I suppose because the but the but the other part of that romanticized element of it is as you, as you said it's the sort he went away and reinvented the way that he was approaching music yeah basically because I, I read a lot about him saying he didn't write any lyrics he just made vocal sounds over mm. the tops yeah. of the to just find the melodies yes um, over the top of the tracks and then. I found this a really interesting thing. He said that he would, he would just like be making syllable sounds and stuff over the top, but then he would go back and track more sounds over the top of that to create this sort of choral effect. And then he, when he was writing the lyrics, he would listen to what the sounds he'd made and go, well, what, do the, what, what words do those sound like? Mm. And that was how he wrote the lyrics. Which is interesting because when I write songs, that's exactly what I do mm. as well, just write melodies and then fit. And this is it's so strange you just bring that up, Martin, because I had a friend in yesterday in the studio and he's a lyricist and yeah. loves lyrics. And we were having the argument, and I think it's relevant for, for Bon Iver after what you just said, was when people say they really get into lyrics, I say, that's that's great. But the reason I don't is because I know a lot of the time, and this isn't for all artists, Elton John and Bernie Taupin, for example, yeah. work differently. But how can you really get into lyrics when you know someone's manufacturing those lyrics just to sound how they want the melody to sound? How yeah. Do you know what I mean? How are those lyrics going to be really powerful? Mm. They're not because their number one priority is to make it, make the syllable or the inflection suit mm. the melody. Mm. Yeah. So then, then you're quite limited on what words you're going to use. Sure. So every artist is different, but um, it's weird you say that because I always thought Bon Iver was a bit more of a storyteller and is all about the lyrics. But now we feel he's actually quite well, a melodic. Turned, it's interesting that they've, they've clearly turned out that way because they do. They like one of the kind of you know critical, I suppose, responses to this album is that it's very <clears throat> um, biographical. It's talking like yeah. emotional kind of stuff. So that some somehow it has created lyrics that yeah. mean something. Yeah. I think, I think you're right, if you're going sort of... through it as well, you do listen like something's if he's going through a breakup or whatever, you'll listen to the lyrics more and they'll connect more deeply. Yeah. If you're just listening yeah. as like in, for the first time, you'll probably hear the melodies more. That's a nice song. Yeah. And then yes. Yeah. And then yeah, you true. get deeper and listen yeah. to them. Although yeah. I find yes. in, interesting the sort of uh, the the kind of I suppose the arrangement of this, the way it's recorded or the or the way the vocals are. I find it quite indistinct, actually. It's a little hard to figure out what he is saying. Definitely. Actually. I think that's a lot in the production. There's vocal production, which is identical to all his songs, which mm. I found interesting. Mm. I'm not sure if you picked up on it. Every single song, well, a lot of the keys were quite similar, mm. but also yeah. every single song, he must just pull up his, well, a lot of artists do, of course, pull up the same vocal channel and literally the way he was layering his vocals and stacking yeah. them was so similar. But I suppose, you know, that gives it a consistent sound, so it works. But you're right. It kind of, sometimes you're, they weren't overly distinct what he yeah. was saying. That's I what think I think we were saying earlier. It, just, it does flow really nicely. Ambient. It is yeah. This, yeah. It's the same sort of thing. Yeah. Though. It's the same sort of, which is good. And it's, it's a little bit yeah. at the same time. I, I, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that was very much my sort of overall impression, I think, was this sounds like something that you would put on at a dinner party. Yeah. yeah. Or if I just needed some, or if I was just having a chilled out night at home sort of thing. I was if I was, yeah. was in a cabin for three months, I'd put that on. <laughs> yeah. If I was yeah. in a cabin with like, yeah, <laughs> slash Barbados. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was kind of, do, do I want to sit down and listen to this? But then I, I, as I was sort of thinking about it, I thought, well, no, but I can understand that 
it might have been more appealing to people, as you said, who, if you were going through a breakup or you were having sort of some sort of emotional wrench in your life, mm. that might be something you would reach for. Yeah. And you'll get you'll get all the feels from it. Yeah. 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 Thing. But I'm just not in that place. Yes. At the minute. Why do we do that? Why, when we're sad, do we listen to sad music and make us feel worse? Yeah, I know what you mean. I you don't, want I think to, don't you, though? It's comfort that someone else yeah, yeah, yeah. has gone through it. Yeah. Oh, thank God Whitney Houston went through the same yeah. thing. <laughs> make a connection. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I do, it is funny, isn't it, the uh, the back to his album thing? Because I think, I think a lot of artists, they think, right, I'm going to write an album. And, you know, there's a bit more, yeah, like you were saying, Martin, it's more romantic to have a story behind the album in terms of like how the album came about, mm. you know, as opposed mm. to, I just worked with 10 of the top producers around the U S and just like, you know, flew to them. We wrote a song and that was that mm. song done. Yeah. It's romantic to build a story. And like you say, you never know how much of it was true, but I think regardless, I think the music, the musicianship is, uh, is still very good and he's definitely got a unique voice. So yeah. I definitely would. You can tell it's him straight away, can't you? You can tell it's him, yeah. Yeah, and we're now sort of 10, 10 plus years on and people are still talking about Bon Iver, yeah. Justin Vernon. Uh, the con connections with uh, Taylor Swift, he, he was on her last Oh, yes, album, they he? did kind a tune, they did a, did a yeah, collaboration yeah, yeah. together. Yeah. Um, would you see him live, them live? With Bon Iver? Yeah. I don't know that I would, no. I, th I think probably not. I, there was. It was funny listening to this album. I thought I would like it more than I did. That was uh, my sort of. End, and what were the reasons? The same as Billy and I, a bit samey, bit bit nothingy. Yeah, I I I I'd expected to be more impressed, and maybe that's because part I was thinking of it's it's four hundred and sixty one on the on this list, and I sort of felt if you did this list again in five years' time, would it still be there? I'm not I'm not sure that it has got longevity necessarily. Yeah. When we think about the you know the album we're about to talk about, I mean it was next, which is you know. 35 years old or more. What well, was this? 08? 2008, yeah. And I'm just, I'm, I say I'm not, I don't know. It might end up I higher. Think time, I, feel yeah, like, time, I, feel I think like, time could make it higher. I don't know if. Maybe, but my feeling was, I, I feel it's so, actually, it could go either way. I think it depends on the sort of mm. the times because I felt like this could easily not be on this list. Yeah. And you wouldn't be thinking, why the hell is Bon Iver forever, forever, yeah, yeah, forever yeah, yeah. ago not, on the, not yeah. on the list? That That was my sort of feeling about it. It was just sort of, <laughs> and uh, the other thing that was for interesting for me listening to it was I realised how much of that sort of stuff, that kind of style, I've heard recently. That's weird, because I was just about to ask you both uh, if you were to liken, you know, everyone likes pigeonholing artists, yeah. putting them in lanes. Yeah. Who else is in their lane, Bon Iver's lane? Like, what, 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 how would you, who, what would you say is similar? Well, what I've noticed is a lot of the artists that I've come, like especially male sort of indie folk artists, sort of acoustic okay. indie folk artists, who are clearly pulling on Bon Iver and particularly that album as a reference point. Yeah. Because I was hearing all the same stuff, the falsetto, layered choral vocals, mm. acoustic stuff. And I'm thinking that sounds like yeah. quite a few artists that I've come across. Who's the UK recently. With ben? ben Howard. Ben Howard. Ben Howard, yeah. yeah. Another one, yeah. I saw him live. Absolutely. He's a bit, little bit more up beat on he some songs. Of... I saw him live and actually it was some like standing still and he had the crowd in the palm of his hand clapping and then others were like, oh, and the drums yeah, came yeah, on yeah. everything. Um, but he's another one who can get really like, deep. Have you seen yeah. The End of the Affair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's one of the best live things I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, yeah. he's great. But you're right, it's... There's more in instrumentation involved there. You yeah. can get the crowd moving a bit more. But I don't yeah. know. It's, well, I that, that's Bonham stuff. really what I was saying about some of those artists that I'm talking about. One of the things I like, I, I, I was thinking I'd rather listen to them 
maybe because they're just a, like Ben Howard, even a, little a bit, bit more, more hooky, a bit yeah. more not even upbeat, but just a bit more something to kind more of grab on. onto. Yeah. Did, but, rather than the background music, yeah, you go, yeah. like, "Oh, that's a song," rather yeah. than just Does something that's. Well, I would deserve respect because was he the first to sort of bring in this kind of all the things you just said, layered vocals, ethereal, ambient music? Yeah, for sure. So. Maybe he started that. I still, still, I still think it was a good scene. album. Again, it was a lovely listen. Didn't, didn't not enjoy it at all. No, yeah. it's hard to hate it. But isn't I wouldn't, it? I wouldn't, I, I wasn't excited to go put it on my car and from like Journey to Work. I've got to listen to this bit of that run music, it, um, especially that sort. Of, I was just fair. thinking back that sort of, again that sort of two thousand eight period. That kind of time, it feels like there was, a, you know, you had a lot of these sort of acoustic dinner party collection albums mm. sort yes. of things that were going around. Yes. And I feel it's like that sort of Damien Rice. There was Damien the, Rice, yeah. all of that kind of stuff that, like I said, you could put on in the background, mm. and you could feel kind of sort of hip and cool because you've got these sort of cool acoustic mm. stuff yeah, going yeah, yeah. on. It's not sort of you know nineteen seventies, nineteen sixties Laurel Canyon acoustic stuff. Yeah. It's all modern. You're and right. You could feel like quite cool and hip. Um, but I think a lot of those artists have kind of hung around and have remained cool and hip. But it still feels like, and it, it feels like I'm doing a massive disservice to this album. But I did think. That's when I would put it on, mm. is if I had people around yeah. and we didn't really want to listen, but we wanted some music in the yeah. background. The thing is, is what well, I couldn't, I've listened to it a fair few times now, I couldn't tell you many of the track names and stuff like that. Yeah. I couldn't pick out individual tracks other than the singles. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's I true. That. I, said, I think love album tracks. before yeah. we start, I was saying, I, I felt Skinny Love definitely a standout. Yeah. Maybe because you've heard it so many times. Potentially that. But also, um, the mo- it's got the biggest hook, I suppose, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I, I, I the think it's one, a bit more the, powerful than that one. It's always vocals come out a bit more. Yeah, yeah. it's just more of a yeah. hook. I don't yeah. know. And the other one that, that stood out as sort of noticeable to me was Forema. Because yeah, that was because there's brass on that. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, the horns yeah. on that just went. So I wonder where he got that I from. No, in, I notice it. <laughs> where did he get that from in the woods? He went and cut. He, he chopped down a tree and he made no, his own. That, 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 was done, that was done afterwards. I did, yeah. I did read that. He a did, bear. He did go <laughs> well, the base to him. But did you read that? There was a bear came into the cabin whilst he was. He had to fight off a bear at one point. Apparently, you can hear that in the background. <laughs> did you get the idea for that? Song? Yeah. <laughs> I think if we ever do an album here, we should. What we're like. Billy, Billy bought this studio and the ceiling was falling down. We were trying to record vocals. Yeah. Heart, it was crushing down. And then a bear came in. Then a bear came in and killed us. Bat attacks. Yeah, literally. Because, yeah, just romanticised We just have thing. to come up with some absolute nonsense. It does, I suppose well, it probably it, sells more albums, doesn't yeah. it? Well, it is interesting because, like I said, you do get the kind of how much of this has been fabricated, fabricated yeah. made up, exaggerated yeah. uh, for the sake of the PR pitch. Yeah, 100%. Versus what is actually actually real do you know what and I, when do you get the real story um, I was reading Dave Grohl's book recently and talking about weird places to record he was with uh, Nine Inch Nails at the time and they recorded their album Hurt in the uh, the Mench, um, what they called the Charles Manson's family house what oh, yeah. do you look at, like just and he listened to the vibe of that album you can tell it's just recorded there wow that's cool so a, a, a place where you do record something does 100% change I think, I think you... famously Arctic Monkeys I think uh, are you a fan of Arctic Monkeys yeah I think famously, well, well, not famously, but they're generally regarded their first albums unbelievable, like yeah. made them who they are. And it was just recording their garage. Yeah. Now you listen to them, it, you can picture the beautiful LA yeah. studio and it comes through their music. Yeah. And actually the gritty rawness of Arctic yeah. Monkeys, which everyone fell in love with them, yeah. came from from them all recording in their yeah. garage. And, and it is literally like that orange amp mic'd up yeah. with a... SM57. Yeah. <laughs> if Shaw are listening, we 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 will accept sponsorship for this. Podcast. We will, yes. Yeah, um, but there's something quite beautiful in that, isn't there? Mm. Like you, you know, there's something we all we all 
I like Martin more than anybody, but we all love gear and yeah. we all want better gear all the time. I'm not a gear slut. <laughs> By the way, I am, not, I am not a gear slut at all. Not at but, all. But um, really, I think people can obsess a bit too much over that. Mm. I don't know if you've recorded before, Bill, and you've, you've I'm going off a tangent a bit, but you've recorded before and, and, and like great studio, great yeah. mic and loads of plugins and things. Yeah. And actually... It's very easy to sound quite processed, and you think, Definitely. well, I'm all don't loo- capture the sound. Oh, the band, yeah. the thing for the sound. Mm. There's demoitis, isn't there? You write mm. a demo in a room, it sounds amazing. Yeah. You come to record it in a great studio, whatever. Yeah. You know, and it's not as good. Can't that quite be- recapture that. Yeah. yeah. That being said, we can recapture the, the studio here. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it is you get lost you get lost in the process rather than remembering why you were doing it. Definitely, uh, and you got to kind of watch out for that. And I'm not a gear slut at all. I mean, I, one of the questions I do get asked or have been asked in the past is you know what what's the best mic for blah 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 and the answer is generally what what one have you got yeah uh you know if you haven't got one yeah get an sm57 that's a good start get a get an sm57 or get a large cap condenser that's two mics right you don't need anything else you've now got a condenser and a dynamic you can you can work with that yeah but if you've got if you've got one mic that's the one to use don't don't not do something because mm. you don't have the Two thousand pound microphone. Just yeah. record the bloody definitely, thing. definitely. It's all. It's, it's more about. It's like we said about many other things. It's not what you've got. It's how you use it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so I think we've sort of covered, maybe yeah. covered this, but standout track. Well, I think we we spoke about skinny loves clearly here. Yeah. I liked blind. Whatever it's called. While you wait, I liked flume. Flume, flume was the nice. Yeah, blindside. Yeah, I like flume. Blindside blind yeah. nice. Other than Skinny Love, Skinny Love was my favourite. That was yeah. another one that stood out. A little and bit then more. for Emma, I also like Martin. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think that was the second strongest, probably. Yeah, those were the standouts. And and I think as we've kind of basically all said, on an album that doesn't really have standouts, um, it's kind of it all sort of does blend a little bit, <laughs> all, yeah. all, all into one. Definitely. Would it make your list of five hundred? Oh yeah, you know what? It would probably be around where it is. For yeah, 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 it would probably just, just. I, I would listen. I'm sure there's, for example, for Skinny Love for me, just as a standalone song, yeah. probably would get into my favorite ever 500 songs. Yeah. So just for that, just for that, and it'd probably yeah, be about fair. 480th. So yeah. just, <laughs> just for fair. that, yeah, I would say, I'd say, yeah. I, I feel bad saying this, but I feel like, I, I feel like I've heard it now, and I won't necessarily, I wouldn't. Ever kind of think I need to go back to it? Yeah, necessarily. And so she got I dinner think, party. Let's go to dinner party. One more thing I should say for you: he is, uh, he is. If if you guys want, well, now you see, you might not want to listen to it again. But um, he is worth watching his live stuff. It's very. Uh, I mean that album. I'm not saying I wouldn't go back to anything by Bon Iver right, again. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Um, and I did, and I did love the track that he did with um, uh, Taylor Swift yeah. on the uh, Folklore album. Right, yeah. But I can imagine He's that album's really great good. live. They're really seeing good. him stripped yeah, back. Yeah, they're really and good. Just seeing that, I can imagine that's amazing. Yes, they're really good. Well, when you listen to an album, you expect a little bit more, don't you? You want yes. a bit more production. I feel the yeah. same. Damien Rice. One of the best uh, live gigs I've ever seen, Damien Rice. Uh, uh, yeah. Same same sort of thing. But it's you just, just brought up a good amazing. thing there, sorry, on a tangent. Mm. Is that, um, a question to both mm. of you, is that what you want for an album? Do you want variety or do you want, like we spoke about the Kanye mm. album last week, an album which jumps into a lane and stays in that lane mm. pretty much the whole album or do you like a bit of variety? Well, I think album? track listing is so important as well. You want like the ebbs and flows, don't yeah, you? Yeah. And if it's the same the whole way through, you can get a little bit bored. And... Yeah, and I think so, it's quite so. interesting when you bring stuff live. You do a little bit of stuff different. Yeah, not you don't want to stray too far from it. But what about you, Martin? Yeah. You're on an album. Do you like well, it so all being some, similar? Somehow, it, uh, that's one of the kind of the things I think we'll keep looking at in terms of albums as we are talking about albums. Is that some albums are very much a collection of songs. Yeah, and there are other albums that feel more like a vibe. 
Mm. And this feels more like a vibe, vibe. album That's to it. me. Um, have either of you heard my introduction to Skinny Love and therefore Bon Iver was not through Bon Iver. Oh, TV it show. Was through, it was through uh, Birdie. Oh, the artist Birdie. Yeah. She did a cover of Skinny Love. Oh, yeah, she did. Uh, that was about massive. three years later when the thing she was only about 15. That kind of blew her as well, didn't it? Yeah, completely. Yeah. That, yeah, was, yeah, that, yeah, was her, that was her breakthrough yeah. when she was really young. But that was the first time I'd heard that song. And so it was only afterwards that I discovered mm. it was by uh, mm. Bonner. But that was a massive... I hadn't realised how huge that song was. It was mm. like the third biggest selling single of 2011 in the UK or something oh, like wow. that. And it sold like three quarters of a million copies or something. Wow. That version, the birdie version of Skinny Love. Bon Iver's loving that, like isn't it? huge. You keep streaming um, that cover, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but I find, that, I find that, yeah, that was my introduction. Just to wrap this up, tell you what um, the Rolling Stone magazine said about this album. Justin Vernon didn't plan on reshaping a generation's understanding of love-torn folk music when he retreated to the Wisconsin woods to record his first album. He said, I was very sad and very lonely. <laughs> But that's exactly what happened. What's even more staggering is the way that Vernon's auto-tune and falsetto-laden DIY, DIY debut, uh, which centred around the heart's like skinny love, would reshape the contours of the pop mainstream from Ed Sheeran and Kanye West to James Blake and Taylor Swift for years to come. So James Blake's a great um, person, to, and actually I don't want to get this wrong, but James Blake very much in that... Um, it's a bit more electro. Ele- He's got more hip hop now. More hip hop, yeah, electro. Yeah. But started off like that. Mm. Yeah. I don't know who came first, Bon Iver or James Blake, but um, but that's a yeah, that's interesting mm. that they bring them up as a relation. You can the massive similarities, and he kind of did move away because Sheeran. No, but Ed Sheeran was come that, up around that time. Yeah. Was oh nine, wasn't he? Like, at the same time, I think probably fair to say that Bon Iver first. In fact, I keep, mm. and now I'm saying that I keep yeah. thinking that's the wrong pronunciation, isn't it? I think it's supposed to be Bon Iver. Bon Iver. My, this is my, the... my Alexa said that this morning. I was like, is, is yeah. she wet? Because I, I, bon yeah. I, bon I think it's, I think I think I'd read this in Wikipedia. Not that I made that. I don't know anything about French. It's from, it's from French, but Bon Iver means uh, good winter or something like that. Oh. And he was in the woods in winter. Oh, with makes the sense. Bear. That's where it came makes from. Makes sense. Yeah. I like him now. It's bon Iver. Bon Iver. Yeah. In French. <laughs> I don't do French. <laughs> Never mind the bollocks, here's the Sex Pistols by the Sex Pistols. I never knew it had here's the Sex Pistols afterwards, by the way. I just thought it was never mind the mm. bollocks, but you know. I think I'm, I mean, I've got that wrong. <laughs> no, I, I think that right. is right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is interesting because this is the first one that is <clears throat> uh, predates your lifetimes. Yeah. Guys, doesn't it? Yeah. And top 100, right? Me being a... Li- and, uh, Always... No, it's no, top 100 as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is our um, first one that's before you were born. Yeah. Not for me, sadly, but um, you guys weren't around when this I was came minus out. I was minus 19 years old. You're minus 19, yeah. yeah. I was minus... What was it? 76? 77. 77. 77 th- minus 13. Yeah. Martin was 42. So, <laughs> I was uh, joking, Martin. <laughs> right. I, was, I was a roadie for the band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, cheeky bastard. Uh, no, I wasn't. Actually, no, I'll come, I'll come to it. But actually, it's, it's still, although I, I, it, I was around. You must still have been young, feel, to be fair, right? It still feels a bit, it was, it was a bit before my time. I wasn't really aware of what's going on. But well, uh, at that time, because I was a bit young. So, sorry, same, same sort of question. Before you heard this, had you heard of the Sex Pistols? Definitely. I Were you of, aware of the Sex Pistols? I sort of grew up in it. My dad was 17 when this album came out. Wow. And um, so I think it sort of changed his life 
So it was one of the probably one of the first albums I listened to really. I yeah. don't CD or whatever. And obviously not the singles like everyone else, but um it's been a while since I actually came back and listened to the album tracks. Yeah. So probably since I was like a teenager. And So what did the Sex Pistols then in general before we get to the album, yeah. what the Sex Pistols mean to you? It's quite like anti establishment, isn't it? Like all the stuff to do with the Queen. Yeah. And they just changed it proves how much music can change like culture and the landscape of like Britain at that time. Mm. The fact that there was actually banned, they were number one, but they weren't allowed to be number one or something like that, weren't mm-hmm. they? Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. Mm. And I couldn't believe how like heavy it was and the lyrics. So I'm gonna talk about the album again. But yeah. I was yeah, I was impressed and it was quite good quite a contrast from going to listen to Bon Iver or Bon Iver <laughs> to the Sex Pistols. Yeah. Mm. You think of punk, and then but really like their guitar's quite heavy, the musicianship, and like his voice as well. Yeah, and yeah, great, it's so iconic, isn't it? His yeah, voice, you just tell his him straight away. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about you, Miles? Well, what bit of a strange. Your, what was your Sex Pistols knowledge? Yeah, but a bit of a strange one, really, because I think, like Billy, you know, your first introduction to music is through your parents. Yeah, and my dad's. What you know? What is a bit older than your dad, and so actually, this wasn't. He would have been twenty seven, twenty eight when this came out. So actually, yeah. though he was aware of them because he was a big rocker, well, not massive rocker. He liked his blues rock, but his was his era was more Stones, Beatles, yeah. um, Cream, you know, yeah, more seventies yeah. stuff. And um, so he, it wasn't like something that he was always playing me. Mm-hmm. So I had that differently, but. Just for the um, reasons Billy stated, of course, it's iconic and, like you said, anti-establishment. The movement of punk, wasn't it? Really, like the, the movement from yeah. punk culture. Like yeah. Yeah, yeah, so they kind of started. Well, I mean, it's, it's when you say punk rock, most people are going to go punk band, Sex, Sex Pistols. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So they kind one. of they kind of started that era, the late seventies, and then um, before it went into the eighties, New Romantics, all of that, and then so for that, they're pretty ma- iconic. Just yeah. for Changing and the landscape. We chat about this before as well. The fact that it's one album and gone makes that's them huge. so much more iconic. And, yeah, and I think huge. if it this was a British list, I think it'd be top ten. It could be top ten. Could oh, be yeah, nearer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. So I was a little bit um, young, so I was probably aware of, but not really aware of what was going on. So right. seventy six, seventy seven, when this was all coming out. But it wasn't too long afterwards. I think probably. Because of things like Channel 4 um, coming online in like 1982, and I'm pretty sure they did like a sort of Sex Pistols season, like a documentary showed the um, the Great Rock and Roll Swindle yeah. movie. So it's right. probably about that. And that would have been right for me because then, then I would have been about 15, 16. So sort right. of, interestingly what? enough, catching it on a sort of second yeah. wave, if you second like. Second wave, yeah. What was that program then? What was it on Channel 4? Was it the Brill Grundy show or something like that? It wasn't um, on Channel 4, no. It was, oh. um, it was uh, ITV... But at North, it, well, the, the swearing incident. Yeah, yeah. So they yeah. went on TV before the album was out, and like because I think Anarchy in the UK, or God the Queen was released in seventy six. Yeah, which it was the Silver Jubilee or whatever it was. For the Queen. Yeah. And um, they swore on live TV, and they, and they just yeah. like caught everyone's attention. Then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they were banned. It was, yeah, yeah, it was the, the headlines on the newspapers were "Stop this filth" or something yeah. like something like that. I mean, have you probably... ever have you ever seen it? What the the TV the, inter- the TV yeah. interview? Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you seen it? Because it's like it, they were completely goaded. I mean, the the guy that's interviewing is like, "Go on, say something. Yeah, say yeah, something yeah. bad." Yeah. So all right then. Mm. And the first few things they said wasn't that bad. <laughs> it was mm. like, "Oh, you, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, you naughty boy." Or something. <laughs> it was like, weird. And then they're like, oh, "Go on, do more, yeah, do more." Yeah. And he went, "Oh, you dirty roar, you dirty fucking roar," yeah, yeah, all yeah. that kind of stuff. 
Because and because this guy uh, was Bill Grundy he was a bit of, you know I think they were <laughs> from their point of view they were like you're just an old lecherous mm. you know eyeing up all the girls and all that kind of stuff all the background story yeah. is yeah. a bit like actually it was all a sort of I mean just the name up. just the name of the band like if you go you know that came about the oh. Sex Pistols because uh, they worked who, who's their manager Malcolm McLaren Mar- he had a, he had a shop called Sex. And they used to, they didn't they used to play there or rehearse there? They used to hang out there. Yeah, and that's what came out What did they sell in that shop? Is it fashion or was it an actual? No, it was uh, Vivian Westwood's fashion designer. Yeah. Was oh, right, okay. Well. So it was, it was all like, uh, it was all sort of uh, latex bondage gear, yeah. all sorts of stuff. Well, that's um, the thing I as well. Isn't it, let's call ourselves the Pistols, and they went, "That's no, not, that's yeah. not, not enough." The Pistols, not enough. They were called the Swankers before that, apparently. Oh, I love that. <laughs> but it's just that, like, punk. It was not just I me. Mean, it was the clothes and that as well. My dad saying like you had like the pins and all that. Yeah. And you, yeah. There's a great book called uh, England's Dreaming, which I recommend if you're into the sort of that that sort of period and the Sex Pistols growth and all that. that bit. It's called England's Dreaming, which is really good. So it does kind of go through it. But talking about where did, where did <coughs> punk come from? Uh, and ironically, probably did actually come from the states initially. Mm. That sort of punk ethic, because mm. really, um, like the, the New York New York Dolls and the Ramones, yeah, yeah. Uh, was sort of where uh, Malcolm McLaren and the Sex Pistols. That's where they were getting their influences yeah. from. Oh, um, right. Basically, rather than kind of completely. Yeah, inventing something. But I can be interested to see if like Ramones or New York Dolls have got an album higher than this one. Yeah, I can imagine they have like. A... Yeah, I kind of thought punk started. In this yeah. It does. I think if you think I of thought... a punk band, I think you think think of the, that is the Sex Pistols, isn't it? It's that it's as, a, as, a, as, a, as a musical movement or a cultural movement. I think that's that's sort of the difference in, in the in the sense of what what yeah. sort of music are you making yeah. versus that sort of anti-establishment. Um, you know, Mohican chains, all yeah, that sort pe- of iconic stuff that you sort of like people might associate with. Because I don't rock. think the punk in America look like the punks in UK. No, it's more like leather jackets, like Ramones and that. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah uh, longer hair. Yeah. yeah. But uh, talk about TV programs. That seen the classic albums. On yeah, the, that's great, isn't it? And they talk about Steve Young, the guitarist, how tight Steve he Jones. is. Steve Jones, sorry, um, and he did all the bass parts because they had Sid Vicious was in the band at the time. Who's the original? Was it Glenn Matlock? Yeah, um, and he and sacked him. Yeah, and he, he was just too musical. Yeah, really? and, yeah. <laughs> kept writing more. Like he kept writing nice tunes. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> he was saying, "Why are you playing Beatles chords?" I and mean, he was just playing bar chords and stuff. Yeah, like. yeah. He was all playing nice ones, and so he did all the actual bass parts as well. Because Sid Vicious was just too pissed all the time to even play bass. <laughs> well, not, not good enough. Yeah, no, I, mean, good. I think it's fair, not even to say like he was too pissed. I don't think Sid Vicious had actually even picked up a bass guitar more yeah. than sort of a few weeks beforehand. Yeah, so he just didn't have the sort of competence for mm. it. So was he uh, just a mate then? I think so, yeah. yeah. Just guy looked cool. Yeah. <laughs> so they hung a, hung a pipe. To be honest, I was in a band and put my brother in it because he was my brother and I thought that was cool. Yeah. Never yeah. played bass before. <laughs> Turned around to him in a gig, he goes, what a great gig. Although I looked down at my bass, I was playing three frets at why should I like... <laughs> So let's talk about the album specifically. Had you heard it before as an album? You had Billy, I think. I had, yeah, yeah. but it's probably been 10 plus years since I listened to it the whole way through. And it's, I think it was the lyrics that got me more than anything, and and how heavy it was, especially yeah. like bodies and stuff like that. I couldn't believe it, and submission. It's just a bit weird, and but I do like the way sometimes like he phrases stuff like anarchist to make it work with other things. Yeah. And I think that's quite iconic. Like it works, and yeah, I I, I think anarchy in the, K, in the UK is a great song. It's probably the standout song for me, yeah. and pretty vacant. The guitar work was actually the actual musicianship on the album. You think punk is just like. Easy chords like fast drums, yeah. but the actual soloing on it that's what I was going to say. Yeah, and the musicality of it's actually pretty, yeah, solid. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah great. I was going to say the, the irony was that from what you guys just said about I didn't know that about the, the they got rid of a 
they got rid of a guitarist because he was too musical. Well, actually, I thought that the musicality was like you know mm. at a very good level of, across the mm. whole album. Like yeah. the phrasing of the vocals, mm. you're right. Some of the stuff he says is quite. Yeah. Did he just did he yeah. just say that? But but the um the uh, phrasing and the way you know melodic melodically where he goes, I thought was really interesting. Yeah. I only knew the hits really, so I no, I'd never listened to the album and. If I'm completely honest, from personal preferences, I wouldn't listen to the rest of the album again. But I'd always like have a little rock out to mm. the hits. Yeah, you know, God save the Queen, and you know. Yeah, when it, you know what you're going to get when it comes on. You hear those riffs. It's like I think I was reading. Was it Noel Gallagher? I think had said something like, "You know, pretty vacant." That that uh, riff at the beginning, pretty mm. vacant. Yeah. So like I said, every guitarist learns yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. And so you play that, and you're like, "I'm in a yeah. rock band." Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I always, because um, Liam Gallagher, funny to say that, always said he's a bit of. John Lennon and a bit of John Lydon. Yeah. But some of the guitar stuff, the chords Noel Gallagher plays, I can hear when he do, when he does the bar chord stuff and that tone you got of the guitar mm. is very Sex Pistols-y as well. Yeah. When, they're, when they're not doing the, when they're going more rocky, yeah. I can actually hear that influence in there. Yeah. Um, I mean, you think some of that kind of punk, punk ethic is, yeah. is sometimes I think misrepresented as sort of shambolic mm. and uncaring. Mm. That, and I've read a few things like Viv Albertine, uh, who was in a band called The Slits, so I read a, her autobiography as well. And one of the things that really struck me about what she was saying was how much they really cared about getting it right. It was like, we don't know how to play. Mm. We don't need to go to music college. We don't need to know theory. But that doesn't mean we don't want to know how to play. Mm. We'll practice till we get it right mm. and be good mm. and make these songs sound good. It mm. wasn't It wasn't about it doesn't matter. Yeah. It was mm. about, you know, we don't need to be professional degree musicians yeah. or whatever or, mm. you know, have people mm. go, it was an amazing sound playing. It was a kind of, no, just get, get up and be raw. Yeah. But it was about playing. Well, yeah, so Probably. I think everyone thinks when you punk, it's like when you first join a band, you see all the bar chord stuff and anyone can do it. But they've done it so well that they are this iconic band now. They've, yeah. they've chosen them right chords. And, yeah. and they've, got yeah. a, they've got a real vibe. Yeah. I don't have my uh, context book for this one. So yeah. if, do you two know the context behind the actual album in terms of where they record it? Uh, any good stories? Any bears? I think... Um, in the <laughs> no bears. I don't think there's bears. I think no. never mind the bollocks. The actual phrase came from, I think the guitarist said there was outside the studio, there used to be a guy in like, the market. And that's just sorry, a phrase he said, like, never mind the bollocks. Like, don't worry. That's how it yeah. actually comes about, the actual phrase. Um, I really like that film. Yeah, I mean, it's really cool. I'll tell you, there will be people listening to this who will go like, oh yeah, I don't really know. Yeah. And there will be other people listening to this going... There's so much yeah. like context behind yeah. this, the whole sort of stuff that was going on. The whole, like I said, the whole romanticism of the or the romantic stories that go around, romanticized stories, I should say, about what goes on about this, and then the truth. In that, it was recorded, I think it's like three times or something. They they kind of went into studios to record this. Uh, there's various members of the band that have disowned it, Johnny Rotten particularly, going, this doesn't sound like anything like how I wanted it to sound. It's too polished, it's too good, it's not raw enough. Um, they were funny, because I actually yeah. thought it was raw. Yeah. They were, <laughs> yeah. so I'd like to hear well, yeah. I'd like they were, to hear they the were, they were signed to three different labels um, to re before it was actually yeah. released, yeah. which is really? part of One the, of the EMI. EMI was one yeah. of them. Take your uh, advance, take your yeah, advance, yeah, take yeah, your advance. We'll do it with you. They were signed to A&M, EMI, and then it was finally released by Virgin, but even then, there was this sort of Malcolm McLaren who'd kind of pitched it and sold it, sold it to a different label in in America and a different label in France. And then so uh, the, there's various versions of this album that got the wrong track <coughs> listing on it because it was rushed released in the UK to try and match the release date in France so that oh. they weren't beaten to it by France. And because mm. everybody wanted this, I yeah. think there was like 125,000 pre-orders for this album wow. or something when it was 
uh, when it came out. I mean, literally, I'm scratching the surface. There's yeah. so there's so much um, around that period, that sort of 74 to 79, I suppose, mm. uh, sort of period of time with uh, punk and, like I said, the Jubilee, and there's all sorts of stuff going on in the UK around about that time yeah. with labor strikes and all sorts yeah. of stuff the background to it's fascinating fascinating do you think the sex pistols ever smashed a tv <laughs> yeah Stop. and more in a hotel room. <laughs> <Gotcha>. <laughs> we started it. they strike yeah. me as yeah. like nuts right yeah i think the first time johnny Watson said he heard his actual voice properly when they were right uh, rec- um, rehearsing and playing he couldn't really hear himself was when they was recording and he couldn't believe how like shrieky he was mm. and that's how he got his actual sound was just oh. like shouting so he could try and hear himself. Oh, right, really? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's quite cool, that, isn't it? Oh, the engineer would get, yeah. would get <laughs> yeah. like, well, I can actually get the promotion. Yeah. One of the things that struck me listening to this was, and I suppose it's the distance of time because, you know, in 1977, everyone's reference points were different. But I was surprised, I suppose, how unoffensive the lyrics were. Like the, the subject matter is offensive, but there's, yeah. there, there are tracks like Bodies that's, yeah. that's very sweary. Yeah. But actually, there's not a lot of, you know, it's it's lyrically astute yeah. in that it's written quite well and it's attacking things yeah. like the the monarchy, you know, God save yeah. the Queen and all that. Yeah, there. and well, Holiday in the Sun as well. Much swearing, like the it. Cold War sort of stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. But apart from bodies, I don't remember hearing that much swearing. No, not at all. No, it's, it's not. The, it's not the swearing language. It's the what you're talking about. Yeah. is the issue. Yeah. But actually, it's really well written stuff mm. as well. It's said some of those like sort of lyrical phrases. Yeah. God save I the think Queen, him the and fascist the... regime. England He's, streaming and there's no future. Yeah. All of these things that have sort of passed into um, just common culture. Yeah. He used to write with the old uh, bass player, Glenn, and I think for like bodies of submission, they were just having a joke with each other. They used to just pass phrases back and forth. If they ever make each other laugh, then they'll put it in. Yeah. It's just the way Brilliant. Of I love that. It's a good way yeah. to work. Did, did they, do we know why were the, why the reasons that they only did one album, firstly? And secondly, they, they, they got back together a few times, didn't they? They got back together for the money, quite, yeah. quite. I mean, and yeah. quite just for a short period of time, right? Like, for like in... they, I mean, the whole sort of splitting up thing was massively to do with, well, all sorts of things. I mean, people dying for a start. You know, yeah. Sid Vicious died of a drug overdose whilst he was um, being investigated for the murder or the death of his girlfriend. So there's uh, all, all, all that. Oh, sort was of that stuff. I happened at the same time. I don't know. His girlfriend uh, had died, mm. had been found dead, and then he killed himself afterwards. Doesn't reek of guilt at all. No. <laughs> I think we've, I I think mean, we've solved we're, it. We're, 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 not trying, you know, we're not trying to say we know the truth. Um, Sorry, we figured it out. Um, but yeah, there was there was that, and then yeah, just the whole sort of thing about uh, money and and direction and what what's wanted to go. And you know, John Lydon gone off and formed a new band, left the, the pill, band. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, just like last with many bands, it was kind of you know, burn brightly, disappear. Yeah. Broke, just again, that's up. made them so much more iconic. Imagine if they did an album that was. It's never going to live up to that, is it? Well, do we say that? We never have known, but the fact is one album. Yeah. Uh, you're it. right. I think that's it. That is their greatest hits, isn't it? Yeah. I think oh, that, I, there, yeah. Isn't, there isn't much else yeah. other than and that. And I think really. it kind of, it kind of sort of makes you better as an artist and kind of cooler and you've got more mystery. If you've, if you've just done one album, mm. suddenly those songs, you listen to them a bit differently mm. and something that maybe would definitely be an album track you'd be like, well, they've only done one album, so yeah, yeah. this is all we've got. Yeah, so yeah. it almost makes the songs a bit better yeah, before yeah. you start. Before they were very, when they did get back together again, they were very honest. It was just, we got together, money. we got offered a shitload of money <laughs> yeah. and we're going to take the money and thank you very much. Yeah. And that's it. 
But it's uh, with any th- cultural like this. I mean, the the number of people that get very reactive about uh, what John Lydon's up to these days. You know, like he's Johnny Rotten. How can he be advertising butter? And the it's great funny. thing, <laughs> the, but the, I always find the great thing about Johnny Rotten is he doesn't give a fuck. He never has. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's like, do, I don't yeah. care what you think. Yeah. Fair play. Fair play. That's, that's, that's his Rotten. whole thing. Yeah. It's like, how could you do that? I don't care what you think. Do yeah. what I want. <laughs> I mean, it's big impact in in America for sure, but I think in the UK it's probably even more. Mm. of a uh, culturally iconic album. I think out of the four we've done, this was definitely like, well, you might have just said it, but this was the culturally iconic one as opposed to just maybe an album of the time. This was like, this kind of changed a lot. Yeah. I think every decade has that scene. It does. Scene, isn't it? And this this one. Is that one. Standout track? Anakin in the UK. Yeah, I agree. I think I agree with you. It is close. That, That opening track, um, holidays in the sun. Yeah, so, no, like the I Jack like Book tune, stamping yeah. And, yeah. and all that kind I of. I like that. And and, the, and the, that sort of sort of spoken intro. Yeah. Um, I thought that was very cool. And uh, God Save the Queen. I think quite like well. bodies as those, well. Those, I mean, it's the, it's those the standouts I think because they've got such iconic riffs on those yes. as well. Like you yeah, kind of yeah. go immediately those come out. I know what that is. That I know like who it is. Yeah, and yeah, I know yeah. what I'm going to get for the next three yeah. minutes. Yeah. yeah. Definitely um, amazing. I was I was surprised. It, like it's like pretty vacant, a very well known song, but it does it does feel a bit lightweight mm. in comparison. In to comparison the rest to like of, Anarchy to in the, the UK, the yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think Anarchy in the UK just that right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't do it justice. But <laughs> yeah, that yeah. that starting point is just like yeah, come on. Yeah, but if, can, we, can if we're talking about more, I think God Save the Queen is probably the most important track on that. Yeah, that's the one that that's the one I. That's the one you, I think, you think of probably, first yeah. straight away. I think so. But I don't well, like it as much as Anakin. No, I don't like Anakin. Anakin, Anakin. Okay. Oh, you mentioned the uh, the number one uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was a whole kind of thing about where they where they denied the number one spot. Should it have been number one? Because yeah. they, they feel that they fixed the chart so yeah. that it wasn't number one. Because uh, it was the Queen's Jubilee that year, 25 they years. They did it on a the boat, throne. didn't they? They tried to like... Up and down the yeah. terms. But not, do you know what number one was instead? Do you know what it was fixed for? Go on. Supposedly. Sailing by Rod Stewart. Wow. Do you know that? Do you know that? Yeah, of course. Do you know that track? Yeah, of course. So Billy's shaking his head. No, no, no. And that, and and there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Which one has stood the test of time? Yeah. But, yeah. We are sailing. We are sailing. Yeah, thanks. We better not do too much singing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That one. That was that was the one that was yeah. sort of fixed fixed into number one, uh, so that the. Sex Pistols wouldn't get number one and we're stuck at number two. It's I think like, that happens quite a lot. I mean, it's like you couldn't have more of a different, yeah. different sort of song in a way. So Rolling Stone magazine said, if the sessions had gone the way I wanted, it would have been unlistenable for most people. <laughs> As uh, Johnny Rotten. Uh, I guess it's the very nature of the music. If you want people to listen, you're going to have to compromise. Um, that was Johnny uh, Rotten, John Lydon saying that. But few heard it that way at the time. The Pistols' only studio album sounds like a rejection of everything rock and roll and the world itself had to offer. The music was less shocking than Rotten himself, who sang about abortions, anarchy and hatred on bodies and anarchy in the UK. But never mind the bollocks, is the Sermon on the Mount of UK punk and its echoes are everywhere. Probably pretty well good. Put. Pretty yeah, good it up. Mm. Yeah. Let's just read that out. And yeah. Not say <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Could, yeah. It's not, not not do the other twenty minutes. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. sorry for boring you. Just read the thing on Rolling Stone. <laughs> that, that's up. That's all you need. Um, would you go back to it? I think, I think we'll always, always, you always to, will, we? won't you? Just, yeah. I mean, there's a TV show. Pretty much, never mind the buzzcocks ripped off from yeah, the literally, thing. Yeah, literally. It's literally yeah, yeah. like it's, any it's, program on the seventies. They do so many throwback stuff now. Always, it's got to be in there. Yeah. 
So whether you like it or not, you're going to hear it. Yeah. I personally would, yeah. I think yeah, there's yeah. a few good tracks in there. And there's always people trying to recreate that attitude as well, you know, yeah. that sort of punk ethic, yeah. that energy, that, yeah. that, and not even that, but just like transforming the um, musical yeah. landscape, if not the. Definitely. And I think it's just, it's a fashion statement now to have that album artwork is so iconic as well. It's on t shirts all the time. Yeah. So you see it everywhere as well. Yeah, I yeah. think if, if the music industry works in waves that everyone says it does, then I think punk will come around and they are. Well, I think it did in, in the late the 90s, early, early 90s, you pop punk, like Bling 182, oh, yeah, of all course. that fast yeah, yeah, sort yeah, of stuff yeah, yeah. is more more radio friendly. And I bet their influence was all yeah. Sex Pistols, but then that, like Johnny yeah, Rotten said, they yeah. probably had to really tone it down in 90s. Yeah. Even, I'm, sure, I'm sure I've got, you mentioned New Romantic uh, earlier on, just yeah. made me think of Duran Duran. I'm pretty sure their sort of pitch at the time was, we want to be a cross between the Sex Pistols and Chic. Love that. That did work, that. I like that, yeah. That I'm sure nice. the Sex Pistols would have been quite offended yeah. by Duran Duran <laughs> saying, I've got to tell to you, I think you, we were talking about, I don't know where, I think you were just, it was before we were uh, doing the recording, wasn't it? You were talking, to, I think you were just joking about Queen. Yeah. Did you read this? I read this story about um, that Sex Pistols were in the studio at the same time as Queen at one of the studios that yeah, they were yeah. in, apparently. And uh, Johnny, John Lydon, Johnny Rotten, was a huge fan of Freddie Mercury. Happy, so he was actually sort of starstruck, yeah, but yeah. also being John Lydon, yeah. his version of Star Trek, was they, they had to yeah. get some, the engineer or whatever and said, look, your singer has just crawled into our studio and sort of <laughs> come up to the piano and gone, hello, Freddie. <laughs> and then crawled away again. It's like, could you stop that, please? That's brilliant. That is brilliant. Just on Freddie, uh, a little tangent, because it's a story that... It's not a story, it's just a fact that my dad always told me that I remembered forever and I just thought it was so brilliant is that, you know, they came out, it was massively flamboyant, you've got to say, mm. homophobic society yeah, yeah. and this flamboyant gay guy coming out in, you know... Yeah. Freddie Mercury gay. Yeah. <laughs> coming out in a robe, a, a, a king's robe, mm. top off and flamboyant. And at first, you know, the homophobia kicked in and everyone going mad. And then by the end of it, he's got... Wembley Stadium, all rockers, guys yeah, with long yeah, hair, yeah. loving him. Yeah. And he's got them in the palm of his hand. It's, it's, it's just so beautiful, that. Yeah. But that whole cultural it's thing so as beautiful. well. I mean, I was, I was sort of joking about that, is Freddie Mercury gay, but it's a sort of, uh, well, no one would ever admit that at the time. Mm. No, of that, course. Because that would have impacted mm. on the... But then when he comes out with thing, his so tights... It's the kind of the <laughs> yeah. intimated, but never really confirmed until much, much later that it was sort of... I think you could take a good old guess with some of Freddie's... Uh, a tie, you know, when he wore that like black oh, and white, yeah. like, and some, like of the story, some of the stories about the parties and the orgies and stuff. Yeah, like that. anyway, let's I'm hope sure. we get I'm, Queen. I'm, we must get. Come on, come on. Be, let's come hope on. we get Queen. That's there's got to be. A, there's got to be a Queen album in there. There's got to be. So that, that's it. We've done those guys. Anything else to say? They sort of wrap those two albums up. Um, I quite enjoyed listening to both. I think Sex Pistols did it more for me. Yeah, but yeah, didn't not enjoy listening to Bon Iver. Again, there's a few tracks in each that I'll definitely go back to. But yeah. Yeah, what I'm loving about this podcast is uh, it's definitely opening. You know, everyone always says the same thing. What music are you into? Everything. Yeah. Are you really? That really annoys yeah. me. Now, actually. That's a pet peeve for me. Now yeah. we are going through the really, okay, we've kind of had three pop albums, one sort of, but Kanye, not quite pop, but mm. we're definitely, like Billy said earlier, what I liked most in context with these two, the difference, you know, yeah, yeah, when yeah. you're going from one to the other and like, yeah feel like yeah i'm really broadening my musical yeah. um understanding knowledge of yeah. the eras here so yeah it's a, i'm finding it interesting I said, if, if i was summing up my experience i would i i thought i would like the bon iver one bon iver sorry <laughs> i thought i would like that more than i did yeah. and i liked the sex pistols one more than i thought i would yeah that there was stuff on that i was like this is actually mm. better than i than i remember or, yeah. or expected still holds it, up uh, expected it to yeah. be i think they, the overall I, yeah. sound the overall production of it 
the songs, the lyrics, the vocal, the, the whole package mm. is just like, wow, this is a lot better than I'd probably given yeah. it credit for not yeah. having heard it for a while. So here's a question. In 50 years' time, are kids or, pe- you know, anyone listening to uh, Bon Iver? Or are, are people still listening? Uh, and or are people yeah. still listening to Sex Pistols? I don't think that Bon Iver album is the album of the of the teens, is it? Whereas the album of the seventies is Never Mind the Bollocks, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And I think you always go back to that. Yeah, I feel that's kind of what I was getting at with the uh, you know, would, in five years' time, would it if, fall you out did, of if you did this list again in five years' time, is the Bon Iver album on the five hundred? Maybe. Is the Sex Pistols album on the five hundred? Definitely. And if anything, the Sex Pistols could even. Yeah. Go lower because it be you know the more yeah. legend it becomes yeah. the more yeah, people yeah, think, yeah. yeah right I think you're right it could it could just keep sneaking up the mm-hmm. list maybe yeah that, that would be my feeling anyway right so we need to do the number generator weeks we need to do next weeks don't we I look up my favorite album first and just isn't technology isn't technology it's taken one that's good right here we go any any number between one and five hundred oh my god it actually was one oh number one actually was one fantastic so that's cool I like that's Marvin Gaye isn't it we go straight to the top number one is Marvin Gaye I've been really trying what's going on we're going to we're not going to do a discussion about it we're just going to get Miles she's trying to get oh should we just do number five hundred could just compare, couldn't we? One to we, last. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, there, there, there aren't any, there like, aren't yeah, any go rules. On, see, see who you get first. So, what's going on by Marvin Gaye is Love uh, it. our first choice for next. What week, an album! Yeah. Okay, next one, two hundred and six. Two hundred and six. Well, sort of almost, almost halfway. Would you, you want to do five hundred, or should we stick to the plan and do two hundred and six? Let's yeah, just uh, let's see what they are. I think this is. I think we should go with two hundred and six because we spoke about this last week. This artist last week. And uh, Miles was saying he had no real sort of knowledge or interest in this particular artist. Do you remember saying that? Yeah. Hadn't really listened to anything. Don't really sort of go, oh, I don't know much about him. Let's do Arcade Fire. Do you remember? Number 206 is uh, David Bowie. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Interesting. uh, And And just for the listeners, I I always feel like I've got to explain myself there. I'm a great lover of, I don't like I'm looking at people. But, <laughs> I'm a great lover of music. I like to think I've got a very eclectic music taste and I have tried to get into Bowie, but mm. I never have. So now is a, now is a great excuse. Yeah. Like we, Mike Martin was saying, you know, it's either you're a Beatles fan or Stones fan. I always thought it was Prince or Bowie. Might be a weird link for some people who love them both or hate mm. them both, yeah. but I'm always a Prince man over Bowie every day, yeah. but maybe different that'll change. T- different, it's interesting because different time periods, really. But I, I would say, but um, just fr- but also, just just yeah, just kind of. But yeah, what's the album? So the album is low. Cool. Is that one of his good ones? One of his off the top of your head. Well, it's it's in the top five hundred. <laughs> so um, I would say I'm a Bowie fan, and I know quite a lot of Bowie stuff, but I've never listened to that album. Cool. So if yeah, I sure. if you had an iTunes and I looked on your iTunes and I put it in artist and I went down to D. For David Bowie, would there be any songs there? Be under B, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it works the same. How how many tracks would you have from Bowie on your iTunes? Ten, maybe. I don't know, maybe more. Okay, I don't know. So you're a fan. I would have zero. You, baby. I have heroes. Because I definitely always feel. Maybe I shouldn't. I should have more conviction in my in my feelings. But I definitely always feel slightly is embarrassed the right word when I tell someone I don't know anything about David Bowie, Mm. and I've tried. Unless I don't know anything about David Bowie, yeah. it's because I've never wanted to get into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's and, always stuff like and that. And I always feel a bit like, it's like my friend the other night. I'm like we that were, with Bruce Springsteen. 
right, yeah, okay, I like, see, I like Bruce Beard, but my friend, like, my friend was like that with Prince. He was like, well, what do you mean you love Prince? And he was like, name me five Prince songs. I was like, I'll name you 35 Prince songs. <laughs> um, and then he couldn't believe it. And he, could, and he this is a I'll guy. I'll give you the track list shout out, every album from Shout out to my, one of my best mates, James, because he's got a great music taste. He's just never got into Prince, unbelievably so. Um, and I couldn't believe that. Yeah. So I feel people that love Bowie look at me and probably think, yeah. how do you not like yeah, Bowie? Yeah. So I'm interested for next week. Let's, let's see what it brings. Cool. cool. All right, guys. It's been fun. Do this again next week. Cheers, guys. Will you forgive me?